the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's still going on. Yep, uh, they were back at it again today. Started at 1230, and the last I looked, uh, they're still asking uh, their stupid questions. Uh, They're still up there on the monitor. I see them. And the only hope for this great country of ours is for the Republicans to just shut it down. And if we're lucky, it could happen tomorrow. No witnesses, no removal from office. Thanks for coming. Drive safely. See you next year. Uh, one sign of hope, though, is that uh, just before we came on the air here, I checked uh, in on the three local stations. Uh, that was between 4.30 and 5. And uh, KDK had news. WTAE had Ellen. And WPXI had Judge Judy. So that's how much they care about what's going on here. And uh, you could get a much better understanding, by the way, of the Constitution from Judge Judy or one of her guests or or one of her victims, whatever they have on her show, than you got from Jimmy Kimmel last night. Uh, When Jimmy Kimmel, you know, has come to believe that this is smart and entertaining, well, you know that the whole thing has jumped the shark from the founding fathers the constitution is supposed to protect us from a president like donald trump and you guys congress is supposed to protect the constitution unfortunately you're scared you're scared to go against him because his supporters will eat you like trump eats his breakfast bucket of kentucky fried chicken you're in a tough spot unless you do exactly as i say listen up here's the plan first you're going to change the rules to make the vote by secret ballot. Next, you're going to remove this stupid ape like you all secretly want to do, even you, Lindsay. That's right. And then, when your red hat constituents freak out, you're going to do what Donald Trump does. You're going to lie. You're going to swear it wasn't you. Every one of you is going to pretend to be outraged about what your colleagues did to poor Donnie Kofefe. And then... We can get rid of them and move on with our lives. Yeah, remember when the late-night shows were actually funny? Um, these guys have gotten so lazy. Just They're just going for the Trump jokes. Uh, they've been doing it for four years now, and they ignore the fact that 63 million people voted for Trump. Whether you hate him or not, your audience is out there. 63 million people are out there who voted for him. Uh, lucky for them, they're going to get five more years, uh, the uh, late-night talk show hosts, I mean. If we're lucky, another term for Trump might just put them all out of business because they're really bad lately. Anyway, thanks to the always reliable newsbusters for that clip. And it's hard to believe that the people of America still have to look at Adam Schiff for brains, uh, face for another minute, much less another day. What's even harder to believe is that Bernie Sanders, Bernie Sanders is the front-runner for the Democratic nomination, and there's some more evidence every day, not that we need it, that he's completely out of his mind. Anyway, when we come back, we're going to take a trip back in time to when a president had a really good, did a really good job of affecting an election by using the IRS. And you know what? He wasn't impeached. Imagine that. Stick around. Obamacare, Trump Care, ACA, COBRA. There are so many choices, but all seem to bring one word to mind. Expensive. There are lots of changes happening in health care today. Fortunately, I know someone that has been on the forefront of health insurance for years. Todd Marley at Marley Financial. Todd and his team of professionals are licensed with virtually every health care provider in the country. They help determine which plan is right for you and then expertly help you choose the best plan for your needs and then do so prudently. Don't need maternity coverage? Call Marley Financial. Have pre-existing conditions? Call Marley Financial. Want just catastrophic or just accident? You know the answer. 
because they know how to design the plans. Most of their clients save 30 to 60%, which can add up to several thousand dollars a year. Call Todd at Marley Financial, 724-884-1496. That's 724-884-1496 on the web at MarleyFG.com. Todd Marley at Marley Financial, 724-884-1496 at MarleyFG.com. We have a major problem here in Pennsylvania, very much like other addictions plaguing our communities. The threat is unregulated gambling on illegal slot machines, camouflaged as skill games. They're popping up everywhere at gas pumps, pizza parlors, and your local convenience store. State police describe these places as breeding grounds for loan sharking and money laundering. If you object to your community becoming a mini Las Vegas, make your voice heard. Call one 888 472-4418. Report those places that are enticing our kids into gambling disguised as entertainment. It's an activity that siphons money away from the Pennsylvania Lottery, whose proceeds go to supporting seniors in our state. Please phone now. This is serious. That number again is one 472 Paid for by Pennsylvanians Against Illegal Gambling. Executive Board Member Peter Shelley. Texting privacy policy and terms and conditions are posted at textrules.us. Texting and roles for recurring automated marketing text messages, message and data rates may apply. Hi, I'm Tom from K-11, and I have one question for you. What size socks are you wearing right now? If you're like everyone else I've asked, you simply don't know. How could you? That's because until now, socks were made in one size fits all or just a couple of sizes to fit every size foot. But not at K-11. We make our socks in 11 individual sizes from 7 to 17. That's right, 7 to 17. Great looks and colors to fit everyone's lifestyle. From cotton to wool or anything in between, Kane11's got the perfect sock for you. Better yarns, better quality, just a better sock. If you don't love them just like we do, send them back for a full refund. That's the Kane11 promise. Once you wear a pair of Kane11's, I guarantee you'll never go back to wearing socks in multi-size ranges again. Save 20% off your first order when you text SOCKS to 246810. That's text SOCKS. To 246810. Text SOCKS to 246810. I'm Andy Solomon. Rideshare platforms have evolved to provide riders with even better experiences. Sheriff John Wetzel, chairman of the National Sheriff's Association Traffic Safety Committee and former president of the International Association of Chiefs of Police, explains. Companies like Lyft are making rider safety a priority by continuously screening their drivers. Before getting into any car, riders should match the license plate, car model, and driver's name with what's shown in the app. During your ride, you can share your location and route with your family and friends. According to Wetzel, communities where Lyft is available have also seen lower rates of impaired driving and fatal crashes. For example, Miami-Dade police announced that there was a 65% decline in impaired driving arrests in 2017 compared to the four prior years, thanks in part to ride-sharing. Nationally, 71% of Lyft riders say they are less likely to drive while impaired because of the availability of ride-sharing services. For more information, visit Lyft.com. You're listening to The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Well, while the impeachment farce uh, is still going on with the same questions, same answers from both sides, taking up what, about 100 hours of TV time for an ending that everybody knows is coming uh, in a process that's, uh, that just should have never happened, uh, I thought today would be a good time to talk about a, a piece I came across today. It was written in June of 2013. It's all about how another president, a guy named Obama, used the power of government to affect an election. And as far as I know, he wasn't impeached, I don't think. Uh, Stan Vuger is a, an economist at the American Enterprise Institute, and he wrote the piece. He joins us now. Stan, thanks for being here. Hey, how you doing? Uh, hey, do I have the name? I'll make sure I pronounce your name right. Voiger. Voiger, okay. I knew I'd get oh, it yeah. wrong. There you go. Sorry. V-U-E-G-E-R. For, <laughs> no worries. If you're keeping score. Yeah, it's uh, Voiger. Stan Voiger. Thank you. Uh, anyway, uh, anyway, the headline of your piece is, uh, Yes, IRS harassment blunted the Tea Party game. And the first sentence is, uh, the controversy over the IRS's harassment of conservative groups continues. Uh, uh, based on what happened, uh, did the controversy you were talking about back there in 2013 not last as long as it should have? Well, I mean, it, it, it lasted for a while. I think what we, um, in, in the article, and, and this is a, a few years ago by now, what we try to show is that, the, the deep, first of all, the Tea Party movement, of course, had a massive impact on the outcome of the 2010 election. 
uh, a decade ago now. I can't believe it, but it really is the case. Um, and so at the, the, after the elections of around that time, I don't know if you remember, the, the IRS started a new screening procedure for the approval of new uh, organizations that apply for tax-exempt status. And what they did in that procedure was specifically focus on applications by groups that had words like Patriot or September 12th in their in their um, organization name or, or description of the organization. And obviously that kind of dragnet caught a lot more Tea Party organizations than other organizations. And so as a consequence, those organizations were not getting their tax-exempt status uh, approved. And so that, that hampered, I think, their their involvement in sort of political organizing and, and those kinds of activities. So that's what the article is about. Yeah, and and um, just uh, if I'm not mistaken, the woman who was in charge um, took the fifth. Yes, that's right. So she uh, went to Congress, but that, but she she didn't provide any any substantive uh, testimony. Um, I do I do want to emphasize there's no uh, evidence that she was uh, working under under instructions from the White House. Uh, yeah. and, and it, this may this probably was uh, simply her initiative, it was her, and it was limited to sort of ongoing, ongoing uh, decisions within the IRS. Mm-hmm. So the yeah. Tea Party was the target. Uh, what made the Democrats think they needed to attack the Tea Party? Um, well, I mean, again, I, I, I'm not sure that the political leadership was involved here, but I do mm-hmm. think that uh, that someone like uh, Lerner, you know, people within the IRS were worried that um, those organizations had become very effective at, at at organizing on the ground and that they um, were operating as tax-exempt organizations um, uh, in a way that's more political than, than they wanted to see. But, of course, you know, those lines are very unclear, and there's tons of organizations with uh, uh, certain tax-exempt statuses that are heavily involved in politics. And so the specific focus on Tea Party groups, uh, I, I don't think, was, was defensible there. But, um, and you've said a couple times you, you're not laying this on leadership, or you don't know how far up it goes, but um, uh, how could it happen without someone's direction? I mean, somebody didn't, at the IRS didn't just wake up one day and say, you know what, let's check out, let's see what we can do to the Tea Party groups. Well, I, so uh, what I think is that they were uh, concerned that there was this whole new wave of organizations that was using a certain type of tax exempt status for purposes that they didn't like. And I think they just enforced the rules in, in, a, in, a, in a partial way. Mm-hmm. And look, I mean, a lot of People within the federal government have a lot of discretion, right, in making uh, decisions, even decisions like this that are that feel more like policy than you know case by case decisions. But that's true in a lot of situations. Think of prosecutors, uh, think of immigration officials. You know, there's a lot of power that we give to sort of relatively uh, low level officials. Yeah. So, but how much of a factor was the Tea Party in in 2010 when? Uh Barack Obama so talked about getting shellacked. In 2010, it was a it was a huge factor. So the reason why I uh, started writing about this is why I did a uh, I wrote a paper with uh, a number of co-authors on the impact of the Tea Party in 2010, and our estimates really suggest that uh, they swayed you know as many as three to six million voters, which is a ton, right? Which is more than the margin was. Uh, in the popular vote between President Obama and Governor Romney in, in 2012. And so, you know, given the size of the numbers, even relatively small impact, I think, on, on the organizational capability of the movement would have, uh, could have a reasonably big impact on, on actual votes. So, so the effect, it definitely had an effect in, in uh, 2010. Uh, and are, you're saying that it was because of the, um, work by the IRS that it wasn't, it was stunted, wasn't able to uh, have the same effect in 2012? The, yeah, I think that's the logical implication of what the, the IRS is doing at the time. And we, you got to remember, a lot of our recent elections have been very close, right? Or certainly some states have been very close. Right? The, in 2012, the uh, gap in Florida was only about 75,000 uh, votes. Obviously, in, in 2016, we saw this, right? The the number of votes that separated 
um, uh, President Trump and Secretary Clinton in in the states needed to swing the election. It was only about seventy five thousand votes, and so even these kinds what what may look like a seemingly minor intervention, I think, can have a can make the difference between uh, winning or losing a state. How big uh, and how organized was the Tea Party movement uh, back then, and is it still? Do you think? Well, I think it's clearly faded away. I mm-hmm. think, especially uh, in 2009, 10, up to 12 or so, I think there, there was a ton of organizing at the local level. You know, you remember this, that, you know, groups that would like, study the Constitution and things like that, a lot of rallies at the local level. I think that's very much faded away. I think that kind of sort of local grassroots organizing energy is now... Uh, much more concentrated on the Democratic side. Now, was it uh, so? Was the IRS effective in, in pretty much wiping it out? Well, I mean, I wouldn't go that far. I do think that you know, obviously, if you're if you're trying to set up a local organization and you uh, you can't get your tax status, that's you know, that's obviously an obstacle. Um, at the at the same time, of course, a lot of the Tea Party's organizations were already in place. Uh, in 2010, and even those existing organizations, I think, have, have really uh, dwindled over time. Um, I think in part because they were, uh, you know, it's easier to generate enthusiasm when you're completely in the opposition, uh, which was yeah. the case for, for Republicans between in, in, in 2009-2010, and which, of course, was, was the case for Democrats in, in 2017-2018. I think it's, it's a little harder when when uh, when in a situation of, of divided government uh, uh, to really to get people that riled up about sort of extra uh, extra congressional activity. And if I'm uh, donating to a, a group of, uh, and um, I'm deducting it from my taxes uh, this year and next year I'm not, there's a good chance I'm not going <laughs> to donate next year. So, no, for sure. Yeah, that's, yeah, so the financing is completely different, right? You, you, you get your exemptions from sales taxes. If you're the local group, you have tax exempt, You know, there's a bunch of different monetary examples, and they easily, monetary uh, advantages, and they easily add up to, you know, to like a 50% uh, lower cost of capital. Um, if you add up the the advantage on the deduction side, the advantage on, you know, exemption from sales tax, those kinds of things. Uh, so, yeah, so those, you know, those... The tax exempt status is important to a lot of those groups. Yeah, so, I mean, donors disappear. Uh, I'm, the people who are giving maybe big money are giving no money because they can't deduct it from their taxes. Yeah, so for some groups that will definitely have been a, a problem. But, but remember, this wasn't about groups losing their status, right? So this was about new groups that weren't going through the approval process in the way that they should have been. Okay, so they're applying uh, so, for it, yeah. and, they're, and that's so right. That's right. that affected yeah. the growth of the Tea Party movement because that's right. That's right. adding new ones, okay. Um, that's right. And um, so the plan was to eliminate the, the tax exemption and, and eliminate donations, but I, you know, I still, uh, if, if this affected the Tea Party, which affected the Republicans, were, are, are there, is there evidence of... Um, Similar groups on the other side supporting Democrats being harassed at the same level, same degree. Well, I certainly not at the same time. I think the only the only organization that uh, on the Democratic side that was large. I don't know if you remember this. There's also a controversy from like ten years ago. I don't know if you remember Acorn. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right, they got into they got into trouble. Ultimately, a lot of the um, uh, federal money they were receiving. Uh, uh, disappeared, but that's really the only example I can think of, and that was obviously a very different situation. Um, I think on the the, I mean, the IRS. Uh, it, it, this is, I mean, I think a pure coincidence, but IRS funding has been has been going down so much over the past decade that I don't think they're particularly worried uh, <laughs> about enforcing uh, tax exempt status requirements uh, anymore. Now, why would that be? Well, because they, I mean, just, I think they, they, their budget is just significantly lower than it was oh, 10 okay. years ago, and they have their, their day-to-day, you know, they have to make sure that <laughs> that people pay their taxes and that people uh, don't unfairly uh, receive their tax credits and, and other subsidies, right? So they, you know, the, the bread and butter of the IRS, I think, uh, uh, is sufficient to keep them busy at this point. And you broke the data down by states, too. Um, so this wasn't just like one large group was affected by this. It was um, s- different groups in different states? Well, yeah. So we had in, in our original study, which was about the 2010 election, there we have sort of state-level impacts of the Tea Party movement, which we, which we analyzed in a 
certain way that's not really the point here now, but what, what it shows is that the impact of the Tea Party on the 2010 election in, in, in a number of states was greater than the difference between the two candidates in, in 2012, right? And so that, 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 gave, that gives you a sense of how important the movement was to uh, the electoral fate of the Republican Party uh, in those years. And the, the, the movement was working, and it was, uh, it was getting people out to vote, uh, and it was working really well because that's why, that's why um, the Democrats took a shellacking in 2010. I know that historically the first, uh, the first um, midterm elections after a president is elected are, normally aren't good for him. But um, this, they really came out strong in 2010 and kind of dropped off big time in 2012. Yeah, for sure. They they lost their majorities in both House and Senate, and they lost them by quite a lot. Uh, and so you don't. And that's really, I think, where you saw that. Where you saw that effect. Um, the you know, you saw it both in you know election outcomes. Obviously, there were big rallies on Tax Day uh, on April fifteenth in both two thousand nine and two thousand ten. Uh, you saw it at town hall meetings during the summer about the Affordable Care Act. I don't know if you remember. Um, you know, obviously there was a ton of mobilization there, uh, and and even a relatively minor dent in that I think uh, may well have made a difference. We're talking to Stan Voiger. He's an economist at the American Enterprise Institute, um, talking about how the uh, IRS may have affected the 2012 election by what it uh, did to groups like the uh, Tea Party groups. There isn't. Some people think there's one Tea Party, but the Tea Party represents lots of small groups. Correct. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, um, so again, uh, could uh, just could this have happened without, if not Obama knowing about it, people that uh, you know were were in the same room with Obama a lot knowing about it? I do think so. So obviously, the the story from the IRS has always been that this is an unfortunate coincidence. I, I do think there was there was bias in targeting just because of the kind of search terms that were used to identify uh, groups to scrutinize further, but. You you got to understand this is pretty far down in the in the bureaucracy, and I I, I really I, I don't have any reason to believe that there is that kind of direct link. Well, um, yeah, but I, but it was pointed out to Obama and and everybody in the Obama administration at some point. Did they show a lot of uh, enthusiasm for finding out what was going on? Well, I don't think so. I don't think that uh, usually elected officials aren't particularly worried about things that help them. You know. Yeah, yeah. So that, so yeah. <laughs> I mean, that that's where you could. That's where he'd have some explaining to do. Sure. At some point, that's he right. found out that it was going on and did nothing about it. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean, the, obviously, what they would say at that point, uh, they'd stop doing it. Right? It didn't really come out until after, which is the unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, uh, the unfortunate case. Well, you know, I'm not a big fan of the income tax. I don't know how you feel about it, but. <laughs> to me, what, what you have in, in this in your piece, and what what you're saying happened here with the Tea Party is just another example of why I don't I think the income tax is a bad idea. Uh, disagree with me if you'd like, but it's a, it's another way that the government manipulates you by through taxes by you know you, you I, I I can I don't want to uh, contribute to your party because I can't deduct it from my taxes, which I don't think should exist in the first place. Yeah, so that's the advantage of having things like uh, consumption taxes, right? Just the right. sales tax uh, that requires much less information from the from households, from families, uh, uh, you know, and so that that restricts the the invasion of privacy that comes with with an income tax. Yeah, and it, to uh, me, it's, to it's just yeah. amount well, of time, but it, it, it's just it should, how much money you make should have, should be none of the federal government's business, in my opinion. Anyway, that's just me. Uh, <laughs> hey, Stan, I appreciate you being on and explaining that. It's interesting what happened way back then. For sure. All right, good talking to you. All right, thank you. And that's uh, Stan Bye-bye. Voiger of the, uh, of the American Inst- Enterprise Institute. When we come back, Bernie Sanders is completely out of his mind, and he's the front-runner for the Democratic nomination. We've got uh, some evidence to support both of those claims, and we'll talk about it when we come back. I'm John Scott. The World Health Organization has declared the outbreak of a new virus from China a global emergency. After the the number of infected people spiked more than tenfold in a week, the United Nations Health Agency 
made that determination as more cases of human-to-human transmission are being reported worldwide. To date, China has reported more than 7,800 cases, including 170 deaths. 18 other countries have reported cases as scientists race to understand how exactly the virus is spreading and how severe it is. Senators continuing their questioning of House managers and President Trump's defense team in the Senate impeachment trial. Friday will be a key day as the Senate debates whether to call witnesses. On Wall Street, the Dow picked up 125 points today. The Nasdaq was up 23 and the S&P gained 10. This is SRN News. If your family depends on your income and something happened to you, what would happen to them? You need life insurance, and SelectQuote can help you get it at a price you can afford. SelectQuote found Jacob, 40, who's in excellent health, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $19 a month. Not in perfect health? Don't worry. SelectQuote found Tanya, 40, who has type 2 diabetes, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $32 a month. We shop companies like Protective, Prudential, American General and others to find you the company with the best rates. Give your family the security they need at a price you can afford. For your free quote, call 1-800-880-7474. That's 1-800-880-7474. Or go to selectquote.com. That's 1-800-880-7474. Select quote. We shop, you save. Get full details on the example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your premium could vary depending on your health, issue and company, and other factors. Not available in all states. Mike Gallagher knows why the impeachment circus started. The reason behind the whole impeachment hoax, it was just to say he's been impeached for life. Wow. It's like all they've got. Well, we're not going to probably get him removed from office. He very well may win this year. Well, but at least we can say he was impeached. Aha! We got that on him. The Mike Gallagher Show, weekdays at 9, right before Dennis Prager at noon on AM 1250. The answer. To protect his family from disaster, Steve used his camera phone. Done. By taking pictures of his important documents, Steve can always have them stored online. Learn more simple disaster prep tips at ready.gov. A message from FEMA and the Ad Council. Do you or your business have financial problems? Are you overwhelmed with debt? Then call me, Attorney Dennis Spire at 412-471-7675. My legal practice concentrates on bankruptcy law, debtor rights, and tax matters. I have over 30 years experience as a former United States Department of Justice bankruptcy attorney and lawyer in private practice. I have represented thousands of cases faced with financial problems and lawsuits. Reorganize and get a fresh start. Call 412-471-7675 or visit my website at DennisSpira.com. If you're in HR, you're probably wearing a lot of hats. Recruiter, team builder, trainer, mediator, policymaker, and of course, paper pusher. But not anymore. Bamboo HR is the number one HR software for small and medium businesses. It manages all your employee data easily and automates countless tasks so you can focus on people, not paperwork. Bamboo HR frees you from spreadsheets so you can do your real job, creating a great place to work. If the data shuffle and paperwork mountain have you ready to hang up all your hats, you're ready for Bamboo. If you handle HR records and paperwork, Bamboo HR is a dream. Let us free up your time and put your days of pushing paperwork behind you so you can focus on the people and making your company a great place to work for everyone. Try PC Magazine's top pick for HR software free today. Just go to BambooHR.com slash HR. This is a limited offer, only available to radio listeners at BambooHR.com slash HR. That's BambooHR.com slash HR. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Heavy delays out there. Parkway West acts up on the inbound side. Carnegie to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. Outbound, pretty solid. Parkway Center Drive to Carnegie. Parkway East outbound. Jammed up front. Bay Street to Edgewood, Swissdale. Inbound Edgewood, Swissdale to the Tunnel. Second Avenue to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Delays over the outbound Liberty Bridge. Outbound 65 slows up to the McKees Rocks Bridge. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, the answer. Weather. Rather cloudy skies for tonight with a low of 24. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy with afternoon rain and drizzle with a high 39. Tomorrow night, a little evening rain. Otherwise, mainly cloudy with a low 29. 
Saturday, cloudy with a few afternoon rain or snow showers with a high 37. Sunday, cloudy with a high 46. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Gregory Patrick. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Everybody knows that uh, Bernie Sanders is completely out of his mind. Um, I, I think everybody knows that. Maybe they don't because people actually voted for him. Millions of people, I think something like 40 million people voted for him in the, uh, in the Democratic uh, primary four years ago. Um, and um, he's now the front runner for the Democratic nomination. Now, if this guy, based on what he's selling... If Bernie Sanders had been running 20 years ago, he wouldn't be a third-party candidate. He'd be a fourth- or fifth-party candidate. He'd be out on the fringe and considered irrelevant, not worth paying attention to, not a factor in the election, and people would be talking about, uh, I mean, he'd be Ralph Nader material, maybe, because Ralph Nader was a third-party, and he actually might have had an effect on an election or two. Bernie, with what he's selling right now, 20 years ago, would, uh, wouldn't get 1% of the vote. And um, he's now leading in the polls. The, um, the Iowa caucus is Monday, and uh, this is a story from the um, Washington Times. The headline says, Bernie Sanders' stunning surge, stunning surge, propels him past Joe Biden in the early states. So uh, he's he's made a big move somehow lately in the polls. You can put as much uh, faith in those as you want. I mean, we saw in 2016 that they were wrong a lot. But according to this story, he was running a distant second to Joe Biden in Iowa, in Iowa a week ago. Uh, so now he's leading uh, Joe Biden in Iowa. And three of the past four polls show him leading. So um, it's not it's not a joke. This guy is actually a serious, well, he always was a serious candidate. He was four years ago when he maybe deserved the nomination and got uh, cheated out of it by Hillary Clinton. So uh, he is showing that uh, he's going to be a big problem for the Democrats because there are a lot of people in the Democratic Party who don't want (laughs) Bernie Sanders running against Donald Trump because they think he'll get destroyed. Uh, Seth McLaughlin wrote about this at the uh, Washington Times, and that's where the story came from. The The headline is, Undisputed Leader Bernie Sanders' Stunning Surge Propels Him Past Joe Biden in the Early States. Seth, Seth thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you. So, um, I mean, how, how stunning is this, and how big of a comeback has this guy made? Not a comeback, but a surge, I guess. Well, it's, it's stunning in the sense that, it, I don't know, it's reminiscent, I guess, of 2012, I think in the, on the Republican side, when there was like an anybody but Romney kind of merry around going around with uh-huh. the conservatives, and the similar thing happened in this race where you know there's been a anything but anyone but Biden type of uh, merry around going around, uh, and some of those voters apparently have landed on Sanders, but you know more so, it just seems that Sanders, I would say, this go around has been better prepared. If we remember back in 2016, his campaign would often say that they were flying the plane as they were building it. This time, they have a way better ground game. Um, and then on top of that, you know, being a known commodity commodity is really, you know this, it's a huge thing in politics. And so for him to be coming at this a second time, he just starts with a greater base of support right off the bat. And for whatever reason, it seems that his message is really generating support among young voters in particular. Uh, Do you think they'd be uh, classified as low-information voters, the young voters? (laughs) I guess that depends on who you ask. I think uh, probably if you search around Iowa, I'm sure you could find some of those folks that you might be uh, alluding to. Yeah. but you could also find people who, you know, have their heads down in computers who are reading, you know, the most far left liberal blogs on what it means to be a democratic socialist and, mm-hmm. you know, what that vision actually would look like 
theoretically according to whatever they're reading. Well, what I said before you came on was that if this guy were running 20 years ago, um, he would have been not a third-party candidate. With the, I'm talking about, you know, based on what he's selling. Um, he yeah. wouldn't have been a third-party candidate. He might have been a fourth or fifth-party candidate and wouldn't have gotten 1% of the vote. I don't think, I mean, I just don't think he would have been a factor. He, he would have been, Ralph Nader was out there, I think, might have been out there 20 years ago. He came, He popped up every now and then and would steal a few votes from somebody. But based on the, the lunacy that B- Bernie Sanders is out there selling, I, I, 20 yeah. years ago he would have been laughed off the stage. Well, you could make an argument that that same thing would have happened in 2016 if there was a stronger field. But I, I almost certainly think you could make the argument that that would have happened in, as early as 2008 where, you know, the party has had a dramatic shift to the left, at least, you know, the forces that are seem to be driving it. Um, and therefore, you see a character like Bernie with ideas, exactly as you said, that would, would have been thought of as almost alien um, a decade or so ago, or now right in the mainstream of the party, at least in the primary. We'll see whoever wins the general election if they stick with um, some of the things they're saying, but for now, you're exactly right. Yeah, he, he's he's here, and uh, he probably wouldn't have been 20 years ago. Well, there's a story out today um, that um, s- people on his staff, people on his group, uh, you know, the, his his just his uh, his people are out there saying they're ready, they're prepared, and, and they're saying that he's already, if he gets the nomination, he's going to be saying that he's going to come out with some nice big executive orders, just one of which you might find a little bit strange. He wants to, he would he would uh, try to uh, get through an executive order that would end the exportation of crude oil. Now, this is what the guy's yeah. running, and, 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 no, and, and, he's, and he's, he's, by saying stuff like this, he's gaining in the polls. He's gaining in, in the primary polls. Yeah, you know? oh, yeah, he, yeah. But, the, the, you, you know, know. Who, who knows what this means for a general election? But, yes, I mean, I would say, like, out of any of the candidates in the field, if if there is someone who's going to say something who is most likely to try to follow through on it, it would be Bernie Sanders. I mean, if nothing else, the guy has generally been pretty consistent yeah. over his career. So, And this is one of the things that draws people to him. Actually, it's similar, you know, when Trump ran in the last election, there were people that just were sick of the same old, same old type of politicians yep. who would say one thing and do yep. another. Yeah, the swamp creatures and stuff like that. And so there is an aspect of that with Sanders where people believe what he says. Now, you might think it's absolutely nuts what he's saying, but people are just happy that they think the guy's actually telling them what, what he actually believes. Well, the communists and socialists have always loved him. But he, he's, is he, I guess he's making gains now with people who might be a little bit sane? Uh, you know, the jury's out on that, but it, it, it seems that way. I mean, he's at about, I think, 25% in the polls. But I think more than anything, it's probably, you know, far left uh, progressives kind of solidifying around him. Um, I think they flirted with Elizabeth Warren for a while, but uh, that basically hasn't worked out because she softened her stance a little bit on Medicare for all and going to what you were saying about uh, socialism. There, I did bump into a guy the other day who was voting for Bernie who had flirted with Elizabeth Warren and the reason that, one of the reasons he kind of soured on Warren a little bit was because she stood at the State of the Union when the President stood and clapped at the State of the Union when President uh, Trump said that vowed that the nation would not be a socialist nation. Oh. So that kind of gives, it's indicative of, you know, anecdotal evidence of sort of where some of these people are coming from. Wow. Um, and so so let's just, based on what you, some of your research here and the numbers that you see, if, um, if, if Warren, if, if Warren uh, drops out, I don't see her, uh, supporters going to Joe Biden, they go to they go to Bernie, don't they? It seems like that would be the case. Uh, I think the polls show that Warren is definitely the second choice of Sanders voters, and I would assume that the reverse of that is pretty true. So yeah, I mean, and the other thing to keep in mind is if Bernie was to actually win 
the Iowa caucuses, that would give them a whole heck of a lot of momentum going into New Hampshire, where, if you recall, in 2016, he absolutely smoked Hillary Clinton. So mm-hmm. there's, this, there's an idea that, you know, he could quickly turn into a uh, pretty unstoppable force. Yeah, and, and do do you get the feeling that, uh, I mean, you see it everywhere, that, but you don't hear anybody actually say it, but you hear people say it about other Democrats and other people high up in the party who uh, they're they're terrified that Bernie Sanders is going to come out as their candidate, and they know he can't win. He can't possibly win, can he? I mean, the jury. Uh, you know, the jury's out on that. Who knows? I know. You know? I think. I think like it, it, one fun thing is I think a lot of people who used to always abide by conventional wisdom now have kind of thrown everything yeah. out the window since yeah. President Trump won. So President Trump, in a way, has provided some of these campaigns that might otherwise seem like moonshots mm-hmm. uh, with some sort of hope that, hey, if this guy can do something was thought of as never going to happen, perhaps I can too. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're talking to Seth McLaughlin of the uh, Washington Times. He has all the numbers on his piece at the Washington Times uh, website, WashingtonTimes.com. Uh, about Bernie Sanders is surging. Um, you, you say here that um, that he's he campaigns like a left wing professor at a college political philosophy seminar, but and that's a, I, I think that's a good description. But in your piece, you also I, I was I, I I guess I knew this at the time, but I had forgotten he won twenty three primaries. That's a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was. I mean, what he did in twenty sixteen caught everybody off guard. And I think that's why the party, why those when those emails came out showing that uh, parts of the party wanted to, you know, favor, favored Hillary Clinton at the end of the day, um, why everybody was so, you know, surprised that uh, Bernie was able to pull it off. You'd think um, that... And he, he, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, and he's just trying to build on off that momentum. I mean, you win 23 states in a uh, presidential primary that's a big deal i know it's not something i've ever done yeah <laughs> well but the thing is it's, what surprised me is that uh, uh, hillary clinton proved herself to be a bad candidate she's she's just not somebody that not likable and she's zero for two and um and bernie sanders is as far left as you can as anybody's ever been to to, to be this uh, seriously in contention for the nomination You'd think that someone other than Joe Biden, who's 104 years old, would have come forward. And, you know, there's, there's somebody in the Democratic Party who would say, hey, these people, I, I'm not Hillary Clinton and I'm not Bernie Sanders. I'm somebody in between and I'm not 90. Right. Well, I mean, Pete Buttigieg and Amy Klobuchar are trying to do that. But it's really hard when you have the former vice president running just because, you know, Joe Biden is known by so many people, just name alone. And again, you go back to being a known commodity, the, the power of that in politics is really striking. And we're seeing that with Joe Biden. And we're seeing it so much in the sense that if you talk to voters in Iowa, they'll be like, well, I really like so-and-so, but I think they're, they're not strong enough candidates. So probably I'm going to have to vote for Biden, you know, yeah. and that's their fallback option if they're not part of that, you know, far left progressive wing of the party. At the same time, you know, who knows? The Iowa caucuses has surprised us, have surprised us in the past. Mm-hmm. And so there is a prospect of someone like uh, the former mayor of South Bend shocking people. Right. Or, you know, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting to watch. It's kind of scary to me. I, what's scary to me is not that I think that this lunatic could ever become president, but that there, are act- there were actually, what, 40 million, 40% of the total vote in the primary last year and the four years ago, voted for him. Forty percent of the people, like millions and millions of people, thought that it would be a good idea to have this guy as president of the United States. It's terrifying to me. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, you might bump into people who, in that race, uh, would tell you, God, these are the only options we had, you know? Yeah. Um, And so that just speaks, you know, like, not to take any thing away from Bernie, give him credit. He, he has resonated with uh, the Democratic yeah. face of the party and has done a lot of good things. But, you know, what we saw in 2016 was a combination of, um, you know, the far left being energized by his campaign, but really 
a lot of that had to do with the fact that no one was very excited about uh, Hillary Clinton. Yeah, bad candidate. Hey, Seth, I'm out of time. I appreciate you coming on. Uh, good piece there. Uh, it's at uh, WashingtonTimes.com, and you can read about Bernie Sanders surging. And be be afraid. <laughs> Very afraid. <laughs> Thanks, Seth. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Have we'll, a good day. All right. We'll be right back. They blow into town with the wind, rain, and hail. And out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, often posing as a local company, offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company. For roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Mention STAG for an additional 10% off. Windows R Us, proud sponsor of the Jerk of the Week, heard every Friday on the John Sagerwald Show. WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. I am doing it all. The water, the fiber, the exercise, but I still have constipation with belly pain, straining and bloating that keep coming back. My doctor said that I may have a chronic medical condition called irritable bowel syndrome with constipation, or IBSC. Linzess, linaclotide, is a prescription medication that treats adults with IBS with constipation. Linzess helps relieve belly pain and lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements. Individual results may vary. Do not give to children less than 6, and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. Talk to your doctor and learn more at linzess.com. That's L-I-N-Z-E-S-S.com. Or call 1-800-LINZESS. She's such a beautiful little puppy. I mean, we walk around the block and neighbors always say, her hair is so beautiful. Healthy and shiny and glossy. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Fatty acids, omega-3s, and omega-6s are great for healthy skin and soft, shiny coats. I would really recommend people starting their puppies on Dynavite before they get into what I would call the misery index. Bad skin, bad ears, bad breath. Because if they're getting all their vitamins, micronutrients, microbials from the beginning, then you're not going to run into the problems associated with the allergies. Grass, pollen, dust, dirt, fleas, ticks, you name it. And the itching and shedding down the road. Our vitamins and enzymes replace the nutrients cooked out of most commercial dog foods. Dynavite for life. This is Ed Lukasevic. And Cindy Lukasevic. Inviting you and your pets to Dynavite. 859-428-1000. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Are you hiring? Do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? Posting your job in one place isn't enough to find quality candidates. If you want to find the perfect hire, you need to post your job on all the top job sites. And now you can. With ZipRecruiter.com. You can post your job to 100-plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. Find candidates in any city or industry nationwide. Just post once and watch your qualified candidates roll in to ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface. No juggling emails or calls to your office. Quickly screen candidates, rate them, and hire the right person fast. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by over 400,000 businesses. And right now... Listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash America. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash America. One more time. To try it for free, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash America. The John Steigerwall Show. AM 1250, The Answer. 
I've never understood the whole European Union thing, why any country would want to do that, uh, give up its sovereignty. But uh, the, the U.K. finally figured out it was a bad idea. It took a long time to do it, but believe it or not, it happens at 11 o'clock tonight, London time, which is five minutes from now. Uh, they are going to be officially out of the European Union. Nigel Farage was a big leader in getting that done. He's a member of European Union Parliament for a long time, and he was there for his last day to say goodbye. And listen to this speech, and at the end, hey, some bureaucrat tells them to quit waving their flags. They start waving their flags at the end, and he tells them to shut up and get rid of the flags. Listen. I'm hoping this begins the end of this project. It's a bad project. It isn't just undemocratic, it's anti-democratic, and it puts in that front row. It gives people power without accountability. People who cannot be held to account by the electorate. And that is an unacceptable structure. Indeed, there's an historic battle going on now across the West, in Europe, America and elsewhere. It is globalism against populism. And you may loathe populism, but I tell you a funny thing, it's becoming very popular. (laughs) And it has great benefits. No more financial contributions. No more European Court of Justice. No more common fisheries policy. No more being talked down to. No more being bullied. No more Guy Verhofstadt. I mean, I mean, what's not to like? I know you're going to miss us. I know you want to ban our national flags, but we're going to wave you goodbye. And we'll look forward in the future to working with you as sovereign... If you disobey the rules, you get cut off. Could we please remove the flags? Mr. Farage, could we remove the flags, please? That's it, it's all over. Finished. It's gone. Could I please ask for quiet? I'm really, please sit down, resume your seats, put your flags away, you're leaving, and take them with you if you are leaving now. And... Goodbye. Yeah, goodbye. In three minutes, the Brits are out of the European Union. Good for them. They got a standing ovation. Nigel did there at the end from his contingent. They were all waving British flags, which you're not allowed to do at the EU. Bye. The John Steigerwall Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Group.